Hi, welcome to Colonial Williamsburg, past and present on history.org. This is behind the scenes where you meet the people who work here. That's my job. I'm Lloyd Dobbins and mostly I ask questions. This time I'm asking Eric Mile, Colonial Williamsburg, he's saddle and harness maker. You can see why they'd need one from the 18th century. A lot of work for you on a regular basis? A lot of work. Um, not on, in the 18th century, it wouldn't have been a lot of saddle work or it'd be a lot of harness work, a lot of repair work. You've got to realize that not everybody owns a horse. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're looking at a town of 2,000 people and 52% of that population are going to be slaves that don't own anything. 30% of us work for a living in shops, whether blacksmiths or coopers. Um, what are we working, 12, 14 hours a day in the summer, six days a week, got no need for a horse. I'm not going anywhere. I mean, the town's a mile long and three blocks wide and surrounded by water. Where am I going to go apart from church on Sunday, right? Uh, about 18% horses, possibly. These are just sort of rough figures. Um, you're going to love those people that have oxen. They fetch and carry. College Creek is only a mile down the road. Capital Landing is three. Jamestown, six. Yorktown, 13. Ships bringing things in around the coastline. Got to get into town somehow. So, carts and wagons. And so a lot of those will be oxen. Because you know us, we're English. We don't eat horses, but we'll eat an oxen when it's dead. We like beef, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it give you about 2% of the population all the nice things in life. So you have to do other things apart from saddles and harness, trunks for carriages, upholstery on carriages, armrests, mudguards, leather washers in the wheels, portmanteaus, saddlebags, sword scabbards, bayonet scabbards, cartridge boxes, rifles, bullet bags, fire buckets, pistol buckets, shoes, whips, lace belts, pump washers, leather goods, basically. So you become a leather worker here. In England, saddles, bridles, and they do riding a horse, but here, different world. It sounds like the only things that you don't actually make are saddles and harnesses. Very few of them. Very few. Oh, well, the other thing, we don't do gloves, we don't make, uh, we don't bind books, and we don't make leather breeches. Okay. You know, a lot of skilled people do that, and the, the only connection between them is leather. Uh, we don't have to mess with those at all. Other people are doing that work. Wait a second. Now, do you tan the leather? No, it's a tanner's job. That's Okay, there's and a had, separate... Yeah, that's completely separate. You had looking at 450 tanneries in Virginia, 79 in the county, and two in the town by the end of the 18th century. And it's coming in from England, Scotland, you get Russia carp, Italian carp, Moroccan goat, you've got worldwide trade. It's all going on out there. Get anything you want, just buy it locally down the road or get it shipped in yourself. Directly to your front door. Uh, I don't know why I thought it, but I thought that saddle making, harness making, bridle making, uh, there would be a tanner or something and he'd make the leather and you'd make it, but that's not true no, at all. No, that don't work that way. A tanner will take the hides and skins of an animal. He'll clean them up, get rid of the flesh, the membrane, the hair, the gobbledygook, all the nasty stuff. And then he'll soak it in tannic acid, which is basically ground up tree bark of various sorts and he'll tan it. And when that's done, you've got leather, but it's got no character to it. It's got to be oiled and dyed and pommeled to make it soft or rolled to make it hard. So that goes for another guy called a, car a courier. Couriers do all that work, and then I purchase it. So you're, the, you're, you're actually the third guy in line. Well, I'm about, well, if you start with a farmer breeding cattle, oh, yeah, I'm about I'm 11th down the line. Right? <laughs> I'm at the end of the chain here. But I get all the nice stuff. I don't have all the nasty, smelly stuff. I get all the nice leather. And my job is just literally... Cut it up and make things from it. Like tailors buy cloth and builders buy bricks, carpenters buy wood, blacksmiths buy iron. You know, I tell people in the shop, this is not like Little House in a Prairie around here. You can come in this town and buy anything in the known world, ready to go. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know it's silly of me, but I keep thinking of, of Colonial Williamsburg, this 18th 
century town as this backward little place, and it's not at all. It's not the at center all. of commerce. It's the center of commerce. It's surrounded by water, two vast rivers either side, ships coming and going, and the whole thing is all worked on trade. All on trade, yeah. Okay, now, <laughs> how did you get here? Did I get here? Yeah. Oh, you don't want the long, sad story. No, just I was asked short. to come somewhere else, and the gentleman here that runs all the livestock, Mr. Nickel, he asked me to come down where I was working, to come down here, because I knew his brother, because his brother was a King's Troop Royal Artillery. I'd done work for them, and I'd done work for the Royal Muse, so he grabbed me and got me down here, and that was 22 years ago now. Well, you must be happy with it. You've stayed well, here. I'm still here. Years. Twenty-two years later, I'm still doing it. Okay, now, because I don't, I think I know, but I'm not sure I know. The saddle that you would sometimes make mm -hmm. does not look at all like a Western saddle that no. you'd see on a TV show. No, there's no West you see to start with, right? In our time, well, there is, but it's Spanish territory. The Western saddle is all developed from the Spanish vaquero saddle. The way they deal with cattle. You've got to remember, everybody is English. We do it in an English way. We've got the Church of England, right? We speak the language, read the books, Shakespeare, and watch the plays, all that good stuff, eat English food. And how are we going to deal with cattle? We keep them in fields, and we go call them to come to you. If you want to move them, you've got drovers, and then it's a short distance. I mean, you can go out to the day, and, you know, early part of January, there's always green out there. They're always managing to eat. When they say they're getting way out west, you've got all this vast open space and not a lot of food. You've got to let them go. And then you've got to go collect them. So they have a roundup. So you're dealing with um, the Spanish way of doing it, and conchos, ponchos, tapaderos, lariats, rodeos, all developed around the Spanish way of dealing with cattle. Then it becomes the Mexican saddle, then the Western saddle as we know it today. Okay, so... Different world. Uh, yeah. It makes sense. Now, you said it, movies. You said movies. That's yeah. when they start to become popular here with a lot of people, because the first time they ever saw them. You wouldn't see anything like that around here until about, oh, 1820s or thereabouts when people start coming back from the West, <coughs> bringing these things with them. People look at it and say, what's that? Because you know, it's, it's a tool for a particular job, see? Yeah, now, you don't make those. No, and, no, and, no. I've got a little sign in my workshop at home that says, remember, you don't work on Western saddles. They're a completely different <laughs> animal. They really are. I, oh, I stay away from them. They weigh a ton. You're great well, heavy okay, thing. well then what does an English saddle weigh? Because oh, okay. I've never ridden a horse 12, in my 12, life. How much, the, how much the person weigh that's sitting on it? What you've got to think about, a saddle only weighs about 12, 12, between 12 and 15 pounds. Western saddles can weigh 40 pounds and up because they're a tool for a job. They're a big, chunky thing. Yeah. It's like taking a John Deere tractor, and how much does that weigh compared with your Volvo? You know, I mean, yeah. big tool for a big job. They get beaten up pretty bad, those Western saddles, but they do it. They a tool for a job. Yeah, okay. So the, so the English saddle is not so much a tool as it is a convenience. That's right. It's to spread the rider's weight over the horse's back to make it comfortable with the horse and the rider. So when you need a saddle, you come into our shop, we'll measure you, measure the horse, take those measurements, and then we'll ask you, you want a doeskin seat, a pigskin seat, a steer hide seat, do you want the flaps on it round, do you want them square? It's going to be made for you and your horse. Okay, now, I, I have a saddle made for my, my horse, and we're very happy with it, and we ride on it for years, mm -hmm. and my horse dies. Get off very quickly. <laughs> Right now, yeah. jump, jump, jump. Yeah, don't have a 12 pound, 100 pound of horse for you. <laughs> Will the saddle go on another horse? Now, with the English saddle, you see you've got panels underneath that are padded out with wool. Now, they can be regulated. I can move them in or move them out. I can do things with them. But if your first horse you came in with had a very high wither, the next one's as flat as a pancake, I can't do much about that. So we just take it in pipe exchange, make you another one. 
They can be regulated. No. Okay. You can do things with them. But you wouldn't ride it for years and years. You'd possibly come in every six months and have that padding regulated inside that, that saddle. Because horses will change their shape as the year goes on. In the spring, they get on the fresh grass. You start riding, they muscle up. and In the wintertime, they'll start to change again. Never knew that either. Yeah, they, they change a bit, yeah. So just like people that... Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't stay the we same. Put, we put on more clothes in the wintertime. Horses sort of grow more fur. And if you've got a hunter, then usually they're going to be clipped out and kept in a, a stable and, you know, rugs on him to keep him warm. When you take him out hunting, I mean, you're going to gallop him around so he doesn't need all that hair on him. But um, keep him muscled up, you see. So they, they will change. They will change. So your job is not only to know leather and saddles, but animals. That's right. If yeah. you don't know the animals, you can't do a thing That's about right. it. That's right. That's it, yeah. Well, that completely changes my opinion. You've got to know a little bit about it. You've got to know a little bit about it. Like going to a gunsmith and say, can you make me a gun? And the guy can't even shoot. You know, I mean, you've got to be able to know how a gun operates and how it works. And when I came in the trade, was that 55 years ago? One of the first things I did, unbeknown to my boss, I went out and took riding lessons. And when he found out, he said, why do you do that? I said, if I'm making stuff to go on a horse, I need to know where it's going to go and how it fits. So I've got an idea what somebody comes and asks me to make something, I say, now, is this going to do this or that? Or whatever? You know, so I, I've got an idea where it's going to go on the horse. Okay, now, yeah. you said a hunter. What, what, the, so there are hunting horses. Oh, yeah, what, yeah. what other sorts of saddles would you make <coughs> in the 18th century? In the 18th century, not much, really. Not really. Ladies side saddles. The odd lady might wish to ride, but she's only going to ride in and around town at a fairly sedate walk, being escorted by a groom or a gentleman. You've got jockey saddles, because horse racing was big. It's basically a regular saddle that you're going to use to hunt or ride with, but slightly smaller and cut the weight down just for, for horse racing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have seen a saddle somewhere. I think it was in a museum where the center was cut out. Now that's uh, possibly the, um, oh, that horrible American-y thing. Oh, God, I've forgotten the guy's name. Yeah, <laughs> I've forgotten his name. Um, I should know it. I can't remember it. What was I'm the having news? a senior moment, you see. I've seen what? Oldie K sitting in. Um, I've forgotten the name of the thing. Everyone's going to say, idiot, you know what it is. But, yeah, they, they cut the centers out, and that gives you ventilation, top and bottom, for you and the horse. Oh, okay. So the English, that was a military saddle, and I'll think of it as we go along. Um, in England, when they made the military saddles, they literally suspended the seat from each end, so you've got like a, a big, big gap sideways and not up and down, if you can see what I mean. Yeah. And it went through that way instead of poof, down that way. Okay. Yeah, McClellan, McClellan. It was a McClellan saddle. Okay. A lot of those were done for using military purely, uh, way out west where it got very, very hot desert conditions. Mm -hmm. So you had the air circulation. And some of them that went further up north where it's going to be colder and everything else, and they didn't, they, they left that, they didn't put that gap in the middle of them. They left it filled in. Well, wait a second. You just told me something else. Now, you've got that gap in the middle military saddle mm -hmm. out west where you'd mm -hmm. think they'd ride Western saddles, mm. but they don't. They ride these little military saddles. Mm. But they've got a horn on them too, a lot of them. A lot of them put a horn on there. McClellan, see, apparently went over to Europe, because they're always fighting somebody over there, and he went as an observer and he watched these wars going on, and he come back and developed that saddle. In my opinion, it's one of the horrible things. It's, it's, you know, a lot of people ride them, and they get one, and they say, I love it, I wouldn't ride on anything else. But, you know. Well, that's what yeah, makes yeah, horse races, that's right, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. I always thought, for some fool reason, that it was a jockey saddle, but no. Huh? No, 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 no. So uh, it's a military saddle, and a mm -hmm. jockey saddle is just a, a, big, a regular... saddle just made small. A, a small, big saddle. I've seen them for flat racing. The, the guy's only going to wait for, what, four minutes in the derby in England, 
And he only weighed eight ounces. Eight ounces. Good heavens. Yeah. Well, he's not sitting on it. He's just standing on those irons. And it, the stirrup irons are aluminum. Yeah. Right? And the stirrup leather's not, normally about an inch. It comes on right down to you know, uh, half inch or something like that. Just cut all the weight down. That's what they're going to do is chop the weight down. If you ever see a jockey get on the scales, he always gets on with a saddle in his arms. Mm. They don't That's just weigh right. him. They, That's right. Yeah. So it's the more weight you can take off the saddle, the more the jockey could weigh. If, right. Yeah. If you wanted it. Yeah. So he doesn't want to. Yeah. Then of course, if they have a handicap race, they have to put weight on. So they put a weight cloth underneath. You like go fits under the saddle. And it's got pockets in either side. They put slabs of lead in there. But the first thing I, I, I want to congratulate you on knowing everything there is to know about horses. No, I only know a little tiny bit. Well, <laughs> I know a little bit. No more than me. <coughs> I know a little bit. That's Colonial Williamsburg, past and present this time. Checkhistory.org often. We'll post more for you to download and hear.